Hi there, this is Sebastien. What you're about to hear is a conversation between Frederica and I. We recorded this immediately after our interview with Sam Williams of Arweave. We shared our off-the-cuff thoughts about the interview, about the project, and where we think it could be going. So this is new, and it comes from a desire to want to share more of our thoughts with you, not just the interviews themselves, but also what we think about the projects that we have on the show. And it's also an opportunity for us to talk to each other. I mean, we often meet in the context of interviews, but the Epicenter hosts rarely get to just kind of sit down and chat. We'll do this after every interview, and we'll post them here for the next little while, just so that people know that we're doing this. But moving forward, the place that these will be published is on the Substack newsletter, and you can subscribe at epicenter.rocks Substack. These will be free, at least for the time being, but at some point we might turn this into a subscriber bundle or some kind of paid product. But we'll let you know if and when that happens. So enjoy. What did we learn? What surprised us the most? What did we disagree on or have doubts about? Where could have we done more prep? Or what topics were we unprepared to address that we might address in the future? Uh, what is our outlook for the future of this project and our final thoughts on the interview? So what I learned, what also surprised me the most, um, was that, so basically I'd always seen Arweave as targeted at crypto projects. And seeing that that is uh, in the long term, uh, not the plan, uh, to me that that was super interesting because I've always kind of perceived it in the realm of other crypto projects. So you mean you, you, you thought that Arweave was, say, for example, a way to achieve, uh, to like solve data availability for like layer two solutions or this sort of thing. Yes. And as he said, you know, this is apparently a common mistake, but it's a mistake. <laughs> really interesting. See, I didn't, I mean, I have had limited um, uh, exposure to Arweave. And for me, it was, it was always about like the permaweb thing. And that's maybe because um, Lasse uh, of 1KX, uh, who invested in Arweave, every time I see him, it seems he's like sending me some Arweave link of something that he's, um, <laughs> that he's uh, stored there. And uh, it, yeah, it's, it, it was always like this permaweb thing to me. What what I what I learned here that I think was interesting is like it, where I'm like personally kind of interested in is the ability to host applications on it. And it's funny because at the end when he was talking about at the end of the interview when he was talking about like the the perils of the Web three space and as you grow like you have to monetize because you have to be able to pay for the infrastructure cost. My in my last conversation with David Vork, he said the exact same thing about Saya, and. Like even though they come from different places and they address the issue of data storage from a different vantage point, the um, the um, I think the outcome of what, like what they're looking for in terms of what this what these platforms could become as decentralized application platforms is very similar. Like they have very similar kind of value propositions there um, from that perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see that. Um, so where I disagree. I have doubts um, is the defense strategy. Or basically, I mean, what he said was uh, it's the same model as BitTorrent and BitTor BitTorrent was never successfully attacked um, or, you know, in, in any significant way. Um, 
And I think for a protocol that deals with money or entails money, uh, the the attack surface um, is just potentiated. So basically saying uh, BitTorrent had the same model and they were fine, to me, is not convincing enough. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that the, this idea that BitTorrent was not attacked um it misses an entire aspect of that problem Bit BitTorrent was attacked and it was attacked by nation states like download a torrent file in Germany and you'll see what happens to you <laughs> like you're going to get a letter in the mail and probably a fine like some hefty amount because you're transferring packets that look a certain way and you know with our weave obviously it's different because the 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 content isn't necessarily or is less inherently, you know, of a, of potentially like an illegal um, uh, nature in terms of the fact that like it, you know, um, violates copyright. Uh, but it could, right? Like content that gets sent on our weave could potentially violate copyright. Or um, you know, this is something we talked about uh, briefly in the, um, in the episode with um, John Shipton is, you know, any, any protocol or any technology that gets built that potentially, um, you know, disrupts the power of a nation state can be attacked by external actors. It doesn't necessarily always have to be like, you know, attacking the system itself. It, it could be attacking the system from a different sort of layer, um, which is like the legal layer. Yeah. I also think he puts, um, too large a burden on the miners. So basically um, requiring the miners to um, basically screen what they want to save and what not from like a legal slash moral point of view. That seemed totally um, unscalable. That, that seemed, that to me seems um, undoable yeah. because there are so many different things that you're not allowed to do. And I think... I still think that their approach is probably the right one because I do think that copyright is not going to exist in the form that it exists today in the future. So basically kind of ignoring this, um, to me, is the right approach. Um, but basically giving the short stick to the miners at this point in time and basically just saying, um, look, we're just the protocol. The uh, protocol, the miners are the people who store the data. Um, to me, that, that feels unjust <laughs> yeah and it, it doesn't scale like just look at an organization like youtube or or soundcloud you know like these are companies that have struggled with this even they even though they they're like massive companies have um have money you know and and um and and still it's difficult you know like youtube still i think um takes down content that it shouldn't and also misses a bunch of content that it should take down but doesn't yeah for and, sure but i think yeah. what what kind of plays to um the weaves advantage is that miners can be based in different locations and that basically um some places are much more relaxed about this which i mean basically yeah i mean jurisdictional arbitrage right yeah but jurisdictional arbitrage from the miners perspective but from the user's perspective i mean like if all of a sudden on our weave, like you have a bunch of Hollywood movies being stored um, and okay, maybe those, maybe the miners are in some country that is 
you know, like unscrupulous towards this stuff, but your your users in the U.S. Well, that's going to cause a problem for um for those users in the U.S. that are using Arweave. Mm. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. So that I I I I see the point. I think copyright laws are going to change because basically I think the way that they are they won't be sustainable and the they will is, is in the long run just because they won't be enforceable um so i think yeah so basically i i think while it's a midterm issue it's probably not a very long term issue um i think this is a super exciting project i think basically um having this pama web and having these uh applications that basically store information forever i think this is super powerful yeah yeah, it it is for sure. Like, you know, if you go to their website, uh, they already like they've got a bunch of applications there. There's I don't know, maybe like a hundred. Yeah, it's like it's like literally a hundred, and they they even have a DAO, uh, basically to to decide what kind of applications to sponsor and so on. So yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, I mean, it, personally, it certainly I, already have an ecosystem. It has an ecosystem. Yeah, right? it has an ecosystem for sure. Like, there's a thing here where you can you can send like a URL to a tweet and it will create like a permanent picture of that tweet. Um, mm-hmm. There is a, like a perma paste, which is like a kind of a paste bin type thing. There's a, there's a blogging platform, that sort of stuff. I, 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 so I'd be interested in taking my like own personal blog and moving it to Arweave and having it hosted there forever. Like all my pictures and uh, my stuff that I post on my blog and stuff. Not that anybody reads my blog, but it's like, Interesting, um, interesting experiment. Uh, yeah. So what do, what do you think? Um, so, I mean, what, in preparing for this, I had done a lot of reading and uh, research on the sort of like storage, um, like the storage technology side. But I hadn't done so, many, so much research on the economics. So, and uh, so I'm glad that you had seemingly more prepare, preparation there. Um, is there anything here that you felt you know, you would have wanted to be a little bit more prepared for. If you had another chance to do this interview, where would you spend more time? I think I would have looked more into BitTorrent because while I yeah. used BitTorrent at the time, I'm not super intimately familiar with the optimistic tit for tat protocol. Yeah. So I think I would have used more time to look into that. I didn't even know about the optimistic tit for that. I I thought that all of the... Um, reputation and incentive mechanisms happened at the um you know at the sort of like platform layer where we were talking about i didn't know that the protocol itself had that kind of mechanism built into it so it could be interesting at some point to do an episode about about BitTorrent and like how it relates to like how because like some of the technologies in BitTorrent you know exist in in bitcoin and exist in like all these other uh, these other systems so didn't the BitTorrent guy you know like concede all his you know rights to BitTorrent and so on to Tron a while ago. I think so. Yeah, I think. I think right. he's no, and I think he's no longer allowed to talk about BitTorrent. At least that—that's what I took away from this. <laughs> I didn't know he wasn't allowed to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, maybe you should ask Justin Sun. Yeah. So, any any final final thoughts here? Um. I, I I thought Sam was for a technologist. He was really good at putting things in a larger context and uh, constructing this 
vision for how he'd like the perma web to be. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like he's seems to be quite quite a visionary from that perspective. I think, which you know, um, it's not surprising that like A sixteen Z and USV, you know, and Multicoin and invested in their project. I think like they are funds that you know often um, will stand behind projects that are highly visionary and have like this long-term vision and it's like a reflection in him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, thanks for doing this. Absolutely. I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs>